having Tracy, having Tracy, uh, come and preach the Word of God on Mother's Day. And she has a history of bringing the heat, bringing the Word. So all I can say is get ready. Let's welcome her as she comes to minister to us today. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, wow, what an introduction. <laughs> My thought is bringing the heat, huh? Well, <laughs> um, okay. Happy Mother's Day to all you tremendous women of God. And... Um, I have a little something special myself at the end of service, which I'll bless you too. Um, you know, as I was getting prepared for today, you know, I, one time a year I get to share, you know. <laughs> and it's like, what do you do one day of the entire year, <laughs> you know, to really impart or share your heart? You know, it's like, talk about microwave a message <laughs> or be ready you know, for a year, how do you how do you prepare for this? And you know, um, you know, I really sought heaven on it. And um, what kept coming, the message in my heart, which came kept coming, is fruit that remains for His glory. You know, mothering is one of the greatest honors, or is to me the greatest honor on planet Earth. You get to produce or help carry, and then produce, and then nurture, and and um, disciple and, and, you know, all the areas of life. I mean, my oldest is 35. My youngest is 18. You know, and, and I enjoy every year. I mean, I'm not, I, you don't stop mothering at 18. That's, that's not the truth. I mean, whoever tells you at 18, I'm 18 and I get to do what I want and I can live my own life. Oh, Really? Well, so far, mine's 35 and my other's is 18, and I'm still mothering. Now, my role changes with age. <laughs> you know, I'm now grandma or nana or mima or whatever they're going to call me. And now I get the, you know, the joy of being able to watch, even in ministry, the, the youngins grow up and, and to be mature and grow. You know, it's just a different role. But it never changes. The impartation you have as a woman is outstanding, God-given, preordained privilege from heaven. You know, I was thinking about it in the mornings. You know, my, Lauren's graduating June 4th. That's my last one. We've had school for 30 years, and I'm ready to be done. (laughs) Getting up early in the morning, driving them to school, (laughs) picking them up, buying supplies, making sure they get to all their activities. I'm about to be free, and I can hardly wait. (laughs) 30 years, I mean, some of you might not even be 30 yet. 30 years is a long time to have children in school. And I have, so I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but one of the things we do, or I did, is pray on the way to school. And one of the things that I love to pray is, Lord, I just thank you that you've given us another opportunity to live for your glory. He's given us that opportunity, church, every day to live for an opportunity. We have to seize it. We have to look for it. We have to embrace it. 
to live for his glory. And I thought, man, Lord, this is such a privilege and it's been such an honor. Because I'm watching my children have children. It is just such a privilege and an honor to see Jesus infused in them. That seed. So that's what brought the thought, you know, the thought is, you know, fruit that remains for his glory. As a mother, that's our responsibility. And it was so cool because the Lord knew. I mean, he's the one who put it in my heart anyway. So I was watching anybody that knows me. Here's another little <laughs> thing to know about Tracy. is um, She loves the Weather Channel. <laughs> and I just happened to be watching the Weather Channel. And um, this little clip, you know, it's supposed to be about weather. And all of a sudden, a bloop things comes on and it's, this guy talking about gardening. I went, okay, I got, yeah, it matters, you know. So I'm listening to him, and he said, I guess with all our cool weather lately, you know, because we got really hot and then we got cold, that a lot of people, you know, all those raring gardeners <laughs> went out and planted. And what happened is we had a frost. And um, I never knew, now this is new to me, and this is why I'm sure maybe you already know this, but I didn't know this, is this man, all, out of the blue, he just says, without a flower, there's no fruit. And I went, huh? Without a flower, there's no fruit. And I thought, whoa, 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 wait a minute, there's something then that we're missing or that we need to know the importance of a flower if we want to be fruitful and multiply, right? If we want to have a fruitful life and that we're going to bear fruit or have fruit that is for his glory, then I'm going to have to have flower. <laughs> and now I will look at fruit flowers. Okay, it has to be a fruit-producing plant to have a flower, right? You know, okay, so we all understand that. Like a strawberry, I saw those little cute little flowers, that, or the flowers first, then comes a berry. Right. Um, and, then, and then, you know, I'm thinking of the fig tree, you know, and, and, the, and we can read that. But that's my thought for today. It's fruit that remains for his glory. And what's really important for us is not to miss the process in fruit bearing. We're so ready to just quick. Give me that apple out of the grocery store. You know, I used to think the kids, you know, I've told the kids this. I used to think potatoes grew on trees. <laughs> no, I really did. Because my mother used to make instant potatoes out of the box. I never saw anything, so I always saw potatoes, instant potatoes in a box. And the first time I realized, a friend took me to a potato farm, and I'm looking for trees. And I'm like, where are they? And they're looking at me like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> they're in the ground, and I'll never forget it. My mom and dad had company over, and I ran in the house. I was 18, okay, mind you. Talk about naive and living in my own world. I was 18 years old, and I ran in the house with a potato I picked from the ground, and I could hardly wait to pick it because it was my potato, and it was real. <laughs> it was no instant potato in the box. <laughs> And I go, Mom, <laughs> potatoes grow in the ground. And they just looked at me. I'm like, I was so excited about the revelation. <laughs> so you know my world. I am kind of, you know, it's that. So John 15, 16. So 
says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit, that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. He chose us. And one of the joys of being a mother is that I realized my children were preordained to be mine. My kids right here all have gifts. And they're preordained to be part of what Stephen and I invest and infuse for heaven to bear eternal fruit, to then go on to the next generation and pass it along. And there's many of those. I mean, I, I was thinking about, you know, the scripture in Ephesians 6.1, you know, children, obey, obey your parents and lo- the Lord, for this is the first commandment with po- promise so that things go well with you. And I used to always read that scripture, and I used to always think, children, obey your parents and the Lord. So it's strictly from the perspective of I need to o- obey my mom and dad. And then, you know when I say my natural mom and dad, I always had that perspective But about six months ago, the Lord said, I want you to look at it differently. I want you to come higher. And I want you to see it from the perspective of those in the Lord, spiritual parents, those that have put, um, breathed life into you spiritually. Obey them so things go well with you. Now, that's sometimes hard for us. And, and especially when we're in this natural realm of the five senses, to be able to recognize that God wants to is speaking through us through the natural, like in Romans, right? We see creation. You know, you can look and see the stars and the sun, and you can see the, the trees. You know, we can see his creation, humanity. We can find him in creation. No, but there's something we need to recognize, which I found in that little flower. When I studied the importance of the little flower to bear fruit, that's where intimacy is in the plant. And it takes a bee or for the figs, they have a fig wasp for the fig tree, because I'm going to read that little part in Scripture about the barren fig tree. And he he cursed it because it didn't have fruit. And they're like, his disciples are like, What? It's not even seasoned. <laughs> You're expecting fruit. What? You, what? It's like, what's wrong with you? Is he all right? <laughs> you know? No, he knew exactly what he was illustrating to us. See, we're so caught up in what we see. We're so caught up in what we, what we think. And he's saying, I want you to come up higher. And the, and the cool thing about the Holy Ghost, because look at... Jesus was born of a virgin. It took the Holy Spirit, right, to bring life, but that perfect seed that would reproduce after its kind. It's a miracle. But anytime you see anything that bears fruit, it's a miracle. It's an expression of Him. Anything. Because even a strawberry has to have a flower before it produces its berry. An apple tree has to have a flower before the fruit. It's like, you know, we, we constantly put the cart before the horse, so to speak. <laughs> and the Lord is wanting us as mothers and fathers, but to recognize his process of growth. 
See, the other thing, you know, Sue and I were talking about this, is to reproduce, you have to be mature, right? And some of you have heard me give this testimony. I lived in South Florida for a while, and um, I wanted to plant an orange tree. I just thought it would be cool. You live in Florida, you should own an orange tree. So I went and bought this little teeny orange tree. You know, it's probably was it's it's a trunk was probably this big and it might have been this high. And I was looking at it and I was wondering, I wonder how long it takes to produce an orange that I can eat. And I ended up being in a. I went back and I thought, well, maybe I'll find out. I went to an Ace Hardware down there. They had Ace Hardware, and I'm looking at this orange. I went back and looked at fruit trees to read on the back of their little card. You know how they do it on flowers or whatever you're reading about. And this old man came out of nowhere, <laughs> literally nowhere. He disappeared. And he said, uh, you, uh, you can, oranges bear fruit or you'll get fruit in three years. And I just looked at him like, who are you? <laughs> but I really re- could recognize, see, I was born again at that time, that the Lord knew my prayer. Look, I didn't tell anybody. I want to know how long it takes to have fruit on my orange tree. This is just between me and heaven. How long and he sends this old man in Ace Hardware and says, it's going to take you three years. Well, then I started going through Scripture and realizing the Lord tells us that. Three years. You don't touch it. You don't touch the fruit. Four years. It's holy. Fourth year. Fifth year. You can eat the fruit. So many of us are wanting instant fruit. We're wanting to have the fruit of our labors right now. And we think of that by, you know, even in our children, sometimes we expect them to be more mature than they are because we're going by what we see and we're going by what we think they should be doing by now. And I remember with, with our kids, you know, once the revelation came that I'm a servant, I'm not to be served, and that my responsibility is to train my children to serve, that that's real maturity is when you become like Christ and you serve like he did. And so then, it, you, then I changed the way that I parented and it went to when you walk into a room, look to see what needs to be done and you do it. You're not waiting for everybody else with so-and-so's job. Did you see the thing on the refrigerator? It has their job today. That's not a servant heart. The servant heart comes into the room and sees what needs to be done, and they meet that need. That's Jesus. Jesus didn't have a list of things when he walked in, right? He only did what he saw his father do. That's that supernatural. The supernatural in your life is to recognize what the Lord wants to do, and then you just speak it into your kids, or you speak it into the situation, and you realize this is... This is the intimacy, this is the flower aspect to produce the fruit I want. Can you get that? I have to have intimacy and I have to train my children intimacy with God if I want to bear fruit that will remain. But I can't give a three-year-old, right, what I give a 13-year-old, what I give an 18-year-old, what I give a 35-year-old, right? Based on maturity. Now, in the natural, that sounds good, but it also relates to the supernatural. We have many adults that are three years old, 
And we look at them and we say, you know what? You ought to be doing better than you are right now. Look how old you are. We go by outward appearance. And what the Lord wants us to recognize him, that you can't judge by outward appearance, right? Can't do it. But God looks at the heart. And it's for us to recognize that we're to look at the heart. We're going to ask him to see through his eyes no matter who it is. I don't care how old, how young. I don't care about their title. I don't care about their education. Right? Because there's one who knows all. There's one who is all. There's the one who's the head. And he knows the heart. And what he wants us to do is to cultivate, to recognize that that flower, that importance of the flower and fruit bearing. One of the, you know, I noticed too when I was studying, it's, you know, the root system is huge. So a lot of times, you know, we want to look, you know, we'll look at what we see, but we haven't, we aren't, we can't see the unseen, the root system, right? When you're looking at fruit on the top, you're not looking in the ground. And that takes the Holy, the Holy Ghost, that relationship, that intimacy, that root bearing. I'm digging down. It's getting it. The roots are getting stronger. They're spreading out into where you see the fruit tree. Like my little fruit tree after three years was a whole lot bigger. <laughs> you know? Now, this is the other thing that this, little man, this man said on the Weather Channel. He said, the frost... If the frost kills the flower, you'll have no fruit. And I started thinking about, because I live in the south and I live by orchards, orange orchards and lemon orchards, and that they were, the, the farmers were very, when a frost warning came in, they were doing what was necessary to protect their crop. And that's another aspect the Lord said I need to share. Is we might have that intimacy. We may be training. We may be, you know, we have things in order in the house. But we, as the leadership in the homes, have to be very careful about planting too soon. Or, you know, see, that's what happened with people in the area. They planted too soon. Frost came, destroyed the flower. They're not going to have fruit this year. For those that covered it or did what was necessary, were prepared... They saved their fruit tree or whatever it was. And that we have to learn to recognize, hey, wait a minute, I might be going a little too fast here. Look, at conditions look great. Things sound right. You know, it seems to be moving this direction. But you know what? You may be too soon. And it takes the timing is of essence on anything that we do ever. Because if you're too soon... Frost can come in. Whatever that frost may represent, destroy the flower and destroy the fruit. See, God wants us to know. He wants us prepared. He wants us to ask, how do I produce fruit that remains for your glory? I want longevity. I want the eternal. I want the eternal perspective. I am not interested in today. Our, uh, one of the things that they had also in this article studying on just the whole idea of planting fruit trees and producing and the whole thing. And they said another thing you have to be on your guard is pruning. I'm not pruning. 
but it comes out if you prune. There's a correct time to prune, the correct amount to prune, to produce the most fruit. I'm like, that's, you can look at, you can relate that to your spiritual walk. That my timing in him and my abiding in him that's going to produce fruit that remains is of essence that I'm walking with him daily. Right? And that I demonstrate it to the children that I'm walking it out daily. That I'm hearing from heaven and I'm sharing with them. I'm demonstrating. That's how Jesus taught. He taught and he demonstrated. He did only what he saw the Father do. Right? I only do what I hear my father saying. Well, what does that mean? That means I teach my children, you're going to pray in the spirit and pray with the understanding. You're going to learn to cultivate hearing the voice of God, and then you're going to obey. That's my responsibility as a parent, to train my children to hear God and and allow them, though, to do it themselves. Right? So it takes time for that, right? I can't expect a one-year-old, like Jeremiah's up here jumping, free in the presence of God. I loved it. He can recognize. See, the thing is, is he's learning to recognize. He was drawn to. He wasn't out of control. He was drawn to the spirit of worship. And it's for us to be able to recognize he's being drawn already at 19 months old. Thank God. The Lord's showing me my involvement with my other grandchildren. Look at I sacrifice time because I want to, because I understand the eternal principle of sowing into the next generation, and I'm seeing fruit already. And that's, for me, is the most important. Nothing else matters but to give him what's worthy of his name, and that's fruit that remains for his glory. It is not anything but that will, that will endure So my focus in parenting, grandparenting, leading, is to draw you to Jesus for that intimacy. To where that flower, that intimacy produces the flower, and then in its season produces 10, 15, 20-fold, 50-fold, right? Now I wanted to share to you about the pruning, because that to me was amazing. If you prune too harshly, anything, it'll come back real green, like the bush or whatever that's fruit-bearing will come back real green. A lot of leaves, zero fruit. And I thought about, you know, the scriptures, uh, 2 Corinthians 3, 6, that says the letter kills, but the spirit brings life. Is that we have to be really aware of the law. <laughs> The letter. When we parent, when we mother, that we consider, and we consider what we're saying, how we're saying, so that we're used by the Spirit when the pruning time comes to where it's accurate, to where it'll produce an amazing, an amazing harvest. I have um, one uh, another thing about me is I love honey, the smell of honeysuckle. I equate it with the Lord. And I planted honeysuckle bushes right under my kitchen window. (laughs) And every year, I mean, Lord help me, 
that some years it's really great and some years are really bad. And then I read a thing saying, like, they come out, like, blazing in the spring, and by summer they're about dead. You know, I have this little twig. I'm like, what happened to you? <laughs> so about a year ago, you know, I read up and said, you have to prune it. So midsummer they looked like dying. I pruned them, and they came. They came back that season. I was astonished. And then this year, they're the prettiest I've ever seen them. And it's all because of pruning. So we look at pruning. A lot of us look at pruning in our life where the Lord cuts something or he says, no, I want you to bear more fruit. And we're like, ah! <laughs> I don't want that. Or we don't expect it when that blade comes and goes. Your expectation to always be fruitful, right? To be at peace and happy and but he wants you fruitful and to bear fruit that remains for his glory. And to do there, there's a growing process. You need to get deep in the word to where your roots are solid. So when the storms come, you're not tossed to and fro. We're not, you're so strong that when the winds blow, you just bend and then you bounce back up. Right? Your roots are so deep in him that nothing can move you. Then when you're strong and you can see the branches and you're feeling his presence and you're feeling the expression and the flowing through you, you can feel it expressing through you, that you allow that intimacy and that's done in through intimacy, right? You're growing, you're maturing. You can move with his spirit. You can see with his, with his eyes and hear with his ears. And your heart is full of compassion. To where it, I am not my own. I do not do what I do for myself. I do all that I do for his glory because he's worthy. And he's worthy of fruit that remains for his glory. That's all that matters. You know, in one of my scriptures that I've written down, it says, He who wins souls is wise. Souls are fruit that will remain for His glory. And if we aren't participating in training our children up in the value of a soul, then you're going to be barren. Oh, you'll have the tree, right? But you'll be barren for fruit that remains for eternity. Oh, you made it. But what matters to him and the blood of his son and his resurrection is to impart that power so you bear fruit that remains. But it takes intimacy on your part and my part to be where we can recognize the fruit or the souls, to be saved. If we're all inward about our care, right? Then you're, gonna, you're not going to have eternal fruit. You have you. And he died that you would have fruit. I came that you'd have life. He goes, I didn't, you did not choose me. I chose you and appointed you to, that you'd go. <laughs> that you'd go. I appointed you that you'd go. Not go up in your room and, and be on the computer. Not go up in your, or sit in the couch and watch television. Not go and, well, i got to chill. I worked all week. Welcome to planet Earth. 
<laughs> Life is work. We labor. But what we have to instill in our children and have them witness and see what we do is to impart that intimacy. Let them see us with God. Let us hear, them hear us worship. Let them hear us pray. You know, this is no bra- I'm not bragging on myself because the biggest thing I want my children to see is Christ in me, the hope of glory. That's all that matters to me. I'm not interested in a, friend, a friendship. I'm interested in them knowing God and making them known. That's all that matters. Because I know together they were called to me, my children preordained, and they're anointed to help us advance the kingdom for his glory. But I had Amaya. Amaya, I watched my granddaughter, my, my other two grandchildren on uh, Mondays, Camden and Amaya. And um, last week, Amaya was, I was in the other room and she was in by my piano and she comes running and she goes, Grandma, Grandma. And I go, what? What's up, honey? She had, I have this little, it's like a wooden figurine. They're called Willow Tree. And the, this particular, they're like an angel and they have different ones. But anyway, this one has her praying and I have her on my piano. And she had climbed up, taken it off the piano, and ran into the living room and said, Grandma, Grandma, every time I see her, she reminds me. You know, she's almost four. She goes, she reminds me of you. Totally took me off the, like, I was not expecting that at all. Because here's one that I've been sewing into, now she's almost four, about the love of God, and I'll pray for her. And I just do it automatically, but she's never said anything, really, till then. And the Holy Ghost said to me, I want you to see what's being passed down. And I want you to see it's taking root. And I want you to know (laughs) I'm in her and I'm with her. Now, that's huge for me because it's all about presenting him with fruit that remains for his glory. That's it. It doesn't matter what I know, it's who I know and how I demonstrate his love to the lost and how I participate with his business. Amen? You all have to come. You should make it a change your plans for Keith Wheeler. He is not an ordinary man. Okay? He's not just a guest speaker coming. He demonstrates the love of God on the streets. If you don't have that in you, and you say, I don't know, I just kind of, that's not my gifting. Well, if you want fruit that remains for His glory, I highly recommend the training. (laughs) Right? So you can see love in action, because that's what you'll witness with Keith Wheeler. Know him. Witnessed it. Okay? I'm a, I, I've witnessed, I've seen, like, like the disciples could say of Jesus, we touched him, we felt him, we were with him, we know him, right? That's, that's the community we're wanting to v- develop here. It's where I'm, I, I, I'm with them, I touch them, I know them. I'm with them where they're down, I'm with them where they're up, I'm with them along the way, right? Deuteronomy, that's how I'm to train my children. Deuteronomy 6, when I lay down, when I rise up, when I walk walk along the way, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Him. It's all about Him 
maturing in us, us growing in him. He's mature, but us growing in that revelation knowledge of who he is in us. And then us, by faith, taking the steps in action. And when I see someone in line or at the gas station or whatever, I, I is, you know, are you all right? Can I pray for you? Is there anything I can do to help? It's love and action. It's saving the soul. Mind, will, and emotions. Some of us just caught, get caught up by the body. We'll see somebody and they don't look like we think they should. So we back off. But there's a spirit in them. There's a mind, will, and emotions that might be tripping them up. And Jesus wants to save their souls so they can have a, be brought back to a right relationship with the Father. That's what we train our children and our children's children. And we seize it. You know, I know there's, you know, my heart's for, I was a single mom. And I understand the dynamics of being a single mom. I was one. I know what it's like to have barren cupboards. I know what it's like to have no car. I know what it's like to not have the money to get them clothes. I know what it's like when there's no one there to help me fix something. And I have to learn to be God-dependent because my maker is my husband. In fact, I'm going to read you that. I read this this morning, and it's like, when I first got saved, this was, the Lord told me, read Isaiah 54, 55, and 56. It is my, want to know why I'm a pillar, why there's a pillar in my life it's because of Isaiah 54 55 and 56 he laid that foundation when I was first saved Isaiah 54 shout for joy O barren one you have who have borne no child break forth into joy shouting and cry aloud you who have not travailed for the sons of the desolate one will be more numerous than the sons of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out your curtains of your dwellings. Spare not. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your pegs. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left. And your descendants will possess nations. Your descendants will possess nations. That's what you speak over your children. Your descendants, right? will produce nations, hallelujah, and will resettle the desolate cities. Fear not, for you will not be put to shame. And do not feel humiliated, for you will not be disgraced. But you will forget the shame of your youth and the reproach of your widowhood and will remember no more. For your maker, your husband is your maker, whose name is the Lord of hosts, And your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel, who is called the God of all earth, for the Lord has called you. Right? So we heard here, you didn't choose me, I chose you. That's awesome. He's chosen. You know, we can say, well, you know, the Lord chose me. Well, I couldn't choose my family. (laughs) Can't choose my, you know, what I'm saying. Oh, man, we've got some interesting family members. (laughs) Praise God. They were preordained to be part of your family. It's not an accident. You're not an accident. And what he wants her, how can you be more, have more fruit and more children if you're barren? How is that possible? Who can tell me? 
how can you be fruitful, more fruitful than someone who's married? It's, yeah, it's the Holy Spirit. Because you've been born again. That miracle of the Spirit becoming alive, I'm born again, right? I am now no longer just a pure flesh. It's Nicodemus. Nicodemus coming up to Jesus. How, you know, he's, bless his heart. He really wants to know. (laughs) Coming to Jesus, how do you do this? Jesus says, unless you're born of God, you aren't going to see the Spirit. Some of us wrestle with that. I haven't had the experiences, Tracy, you've had in the Holy Ghost. Well, all I can say is join the Holy Ghost school. There's no one like him. He'll tell you how to fix a faucet. He'll show you where the best deal on a dress is. He'll show you. I mean, I'm telling you, I have fun with God. God is, he is fun. But it's how I learned. Now, I'll tell you, this is fun. I was shopping. I didn't have very much money. I think I had $20. And I walked in. I was in um, St. Simon's Island in Georgia, which is an uppity-up area. The wealthy live there. And I was walking along. I was walking, and I'd go. I'd call them treasure hunts. See, for me, it's like we we hear about um, um, Bill Johnson and treasure hunts. I've been doing treasure hunts since I got saved. It was just something fun. It's me and the Lord. I didn't have anybody else. I didn't have a spiritual mother. I didn't have anyone involved in my life at that point. So it's me. I was in the school of the Holy Ghost. And I go walking into the store and um, I go in and he goes, it's not this one. Okay? Go to the next door. Long and short of it, I go in this record goes in here. It's in the back. I got this like, at that time, it was like an $80, $90 dress for $20. <laughs> my Holy Spirit, fine. I just got another one. I'm, my brother's getting married next weekend in Phoenix, and I needed to get a hotel, and I got a five-star hotel for $22. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's a whole lot of fun. <laughs> you can have fun, too. <laughs> And you can share with your children and they can learn to get deep in the ground where they know it's relationship. It's not law. The Spirit gives life. And you engage in the school of the Holy Ghost so you can flow with Him. It is so fun. It's supernatural. You'll have fruit that remains for eternity. It's not about you. It's all about Him. Isn't that tremendous? I love God. And my passion is that you have the experience and you grow and you nurture and you learn to recognize Him. It might not be the way you think it should. In fact, most likely it won't be. He's doing what He wants to do. So you can't share glory with Him. The glory is His, right? Fruit that remains for His glory. Ha! I'll never forget it one day. I, I, I was, we were actually at Stephen's sister's wedding, and I was really down. You know, we've been in the city 19, 17 years and plowing and sowing and watering. I mean, we have been working hard for God. It's 
for him. And I loved every moment. I regret nothing. And, and so anyway, this particular one, though, I was feeling, I was amongst wealth and feeling incredibly poor, naturally. And I was amongst where I sat at the table and they were, t- one had a five carat diamond. The other one had a three carat diamond and I had none. <laughs> I was just like, hey, you know, and I just was in this like, Lord, you know what's happening? You know, I just want to have something. Show me that I'm doing something right. And I'm, you know, at this point, or I'm driving in the car. It was a dirt road then. It's not now. But, you know, in Texas, you got the dirt roads. They live on a ranch. So, you know, driving down the dirt road. And out of the blue, I'm heart to heart, spirit to spirit. Nobody heard me but heaven. I said, Laura, you know, show me something I'm doing right. And Lauren was sitting behind me in the back seat and starts singing Shout to the Lord with everything she had in her. He goes, there's one thing. There's more, but here's one thing you're doing right. It's not material. I knew that. But sometimes we get caught about how big a church is, how, how are programs going, or is it flowing like it's supposed to? Do I have the help? You know what? It's about Him. It's about His fruit. It's about his fruit that remains, and it's up to us to recognize it and count it valuable. Souls are valuable. Your lost loved ones, your people you work with, your children. I mean, the Lord's shown us over the last two weeks that it's my, my kids, you know, my second half crop, <laughs> the second bumper crop, who the enemy's after their generation right now. He's pursuing them. What are we going to do about a church? We're going to just look and say, oh, wow, man, that's rough. That's not my house. Man, I'm sorry your daughter got pregnant. <laughs> Mine isn't. All I can say is a huge warning there. Same manner you judge, you'll be judged. Because those people that ridiculed and put Stephen and I down when my daughter got pregnant out of wedlock, children went and got pregnant out of wedlock. Be very careful how you judge. I would highly recommend judge not. (laughs) Lest you be judged. Because the same manner you judge, you will be. I didn't write it. Repent quickly. (laughs) That's one of the things Stephen and I learned. You know, we're married 27 years and you know, it's one of the things he says later. And later in the marriage is repent quickly. <laughs> things go a whole lot better. <laughs> right? So don't harden your hearts. When the Holy Spirit, it's all about him, shows you eh, wrong thinking. Eh, my ways, my thoughts are higher. Right? His ways are, his thoughts are higher. His ways are, his ways, his thoughts are higher than ours. That as we embrace him, that's an intimacy that will bear fruit, right? That will remain for his glory. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I've asked um, a couple of the ladies to come up um, at the end of service. I said I had something. I have a couple of the ladies whose uh, mamas have passed. And I'm calling this part of this um, service in loving memory. Because even though 
some of our moms, like my mom, I'm going to share something about my mother that she imparted me that I'm parting, imparting to my children. And then they will, their children. So there will be eternal fruit that remains. But I asked a couple of them if they come up and share a memory from their mother that they've, in, they've taken and they've shared with their children. It was being the passing of the generations. It's the honoring. Today's Mother's Day. Thank you all for the cards and the flowers and the gifts. I really, 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 really minister to me. And I'm very, 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 very grateful. And I want to take this time to honor moms that are older than me, the generation over me. You know, to take a moment and say what they've done in my life because of this. I am the way that I am. So then you can get some. Right? So you can get some of that impartation. And I'll start with myself. My mother, or I should say my grandmother. My grandmother was one of the happiest women and thankful women I knew I've known on planet Earth. She always had cookies. <laughs> Homemade. She was, you know, five foot tall and was so fat she couldn't squat. <laughs> I remember her telling me, oh my gosh, her name was Martha. <laughs> I call her up and she goes, Tracy, I just love to eat and I can't help it. I love it. And, you know, she breaks all these diet fads that everybody says you have to do this and this. My grandmother was thoroughbred German and ate everything fat. They ate lard, for goodness sake. And she lived to 103. But I'll tell you the one thing I noticed in my grandmother is she loved life. She loved when she says, I love to eat. She really meant it. And <laughs> you should have seen her stinking cute. I mean, I had a five-foot grandma. Anyway, and she'd say, and she was thankful. Every word after she put something in her mouth was, thank you. She lived on her three, so I'd apply that. That would work. All right. <laughs> She's so cute. I remember going in the nursing home one day, and um, she, see, they're, they're all this little group in their wheelchairs. And I hear this little voice go, man, is she tall? And I turn around, and I look, and I go, Grandma, it's me. It's Tracy. She, goes, she looks at me. Or she's old at this time. I mean, old, like 100. And she looks at me. And I said, Grandma, it's Tracy, Lorraine's daughter. And she goes, no. <laughs> you're so tall. And I'm like, Grandma, you're so short. I don't remember you being that short. But you know what I mean? It was she loved life. And what did she do? She passed that on to my mother. And my mother was the one that never had a favorite, ever. I'm one of five. I'm the youngest girl in number four. And my mother loved us all equally. And she worked and labored to let us all know there were no special children in her household. We all were. And that we were all valuable. And that she's infused that in me. I have no favorites. Thank you, thank you Jesus, and thank you, Mom. So I'm going to have Carmen Compost. Carmen, you come up. You're going to share about your mom. You ready? Come on up. Carmen's going to share with you something about her mama that she passed on to her. 
Her mom has gone on to be with the Lord. So we want to honor her. Good morning. Well, so many things that my mom passed to me. <laughs> um, well, my mom passed away like almost seven years old. Oh, seven years. Seven years old. And then um, I was there watching my mom go through a moment of hard time. I, since I was a little girl, I am the five or seven. 18 siblings. One passed away and 17 still alive. <laughs> we are a big, big family. And my mom was a great mother. Even though at 5 o'clock she was waking up each one of us to get ready every single Sunday. Raining or no raining sunny or not sunny, we was going to church. He put that in us. Even that it was a Catholic church that we were going. It was awesome because she teach us one day she's sitting down all around us and, and she said, I want to let you know, even though you go going to classes and you learn certain things, I want to let you know that it's not religion that I want you to learn. It's about Christ. And that's what she put in me when I was growing up. And then um, after that I get married, I got three children, one son and uh, two daughters. And um, always I was asking my mom, and my mom would say, just ask for wisdom, how to raise your children. But always I remember my grandmother and my mother saying, when you raise in a child, it's like a tree. If you let that tree go to the size, it's not good. You need to straight that tree. When they grow, they will straight up. They will good fruit. They will remain for your life. And I thank God for that. My mom teaches real good too. Not to only to me, but to every one of us, sons and daughters, and we teaching our children. I got the three children, and I amazed. Like the other day, I was sharing with Linis that someone came to my house, and um, I didn't look there in that moment. I didn't see that moment that I was doing that. She walked through the door, and she saw my grandkids already. They are grown. The small one is 12 already. And she said, look at that. You delegate to them what your mom delegate to you. And I didn't see that before. And that person came through my house that day to, like, to show me what little things I was putting in my daughter's and my son's heart. And they they doing it with their children. And my mom passed away, and I still miss it. I love her. But the most moments, remarkable moments of my mom was in the bad times and the good times. She was sitting with us, sharing with us, caring for us, and loving us no matter what. And the less, when the fullness, she was there for us. She was calling us. 
by name. She never forget none of us name. Even when she was in the last minutes of life, she was calling each of one of my brothers by their name and my sisters by their name to say bye to them. And it was amazing to watch my mother. When she passed away, in that moment, everybody was screaming and, you know, crying. But the Lord gave me such a peace. And he showed me and told me, I'm going to show you that she's right here entering through the gates of the holy of holies that I am. And it was an awesome time. And it was an awesome mother. And I, I want for the young ladies, young moms, they starting having children now, to remember to love their children and take care of them, but teach them how to love the Lord and how to come in intimacy with him first than anything, to be dependent of God and not of the parents only, like my mom did to me and to my sisters. You could depend on me in a certain way, but it's one that he will help you more than me because he loves you first. Amen. I love you. Hallelujah. Erlinda. Where is she? Come on up. Linda. Mm-hmm. Wow. With what everything Pastor Tracy has said and Carmen, um, quite honestly, my mom was not saved, and I would say about two years before she passed, and she actually asked for forgiveness, something that was strange to her, about two weeks before she passed. But one of the uh, happy um, memories that I have with my mom was being in the kitchen and watching her cook, and she loves to go into the past and speak about different people. You know, uh, she just had an awesome memory and, and awesome memories about people that she knew in the past. Um, so um, it was, you know, a good time at that time. Um, I didn't have an awesome, loving, giving mother. But in combination with my dad, who was the head of the home, you know, his, I believe that he was the one who was saved. And he was the one that influenced um, us. And he was the one who actually brought us to the Catholic Church, which gave us a base of faith and love and kindness. And his demonstration to neighbors and helping them out, even though they were neighbors or strangers, he would always, you know, give to them and help them and and do. My mom was more the hardworking. Um, If you could say of a human being being a mule, she taught us to be mules, or she taught me to be a hardworking mule. So that is one of the things that she really instilled in me is, you know, the home, you know, yeah, the caring about the kids, you know, the raising them up, um, sending them to school, you know. And, and I have to honestly say it was more in combination with my dad because he was the one that I believe had, you know, uh, more the Christ-like characteristics, you know, which, you know, you know, thank God. But... um 
you know, bless them. <laughs> you know why that is so vital for you to hear? You know, a lot of us are coming from backgrounds where we, and we might not have a good relationship with our mother today. She's still living. I'm, I'm speaking to the living today. That you have an opportunity today to go love on her and really express the love of Christ and forgive her for her mistakes. Because we make them. I make mistakes. We all do. And it's when we humble ourselves and realize that we've made mistakes and when we can go to them out. You know, there's been people in my life at times in my life where the Lord showed me where the veil comes off. And he shows you how I've done something wrong to someone. That's why I'm talking about recognition. When you see somebody and when they see you, they don't brace you. They don't go. And I'm not talking phony face. All right. I'm talking their nonverbal communication is get away from me or hi or they stay. You can almost feel like their arms go out. You've done something to them. You have. Because they're staying clear from you. And you need to humble yourself, not say, well, I'm right, and I know I'm doing this, and their life's a mess. No, humble yourself. And you go up to them and you say, hey, have I hurt you in any way? Because I'm picking up something's different. Look, at today's a great day for that. <laughs> and any woman <laughs> could be a sister. But to just lovingly come in and say, is there anything I've done to offend you or hurt you? I'm sorry. I don't know what it is. Help me see. It's my blind spot. Usually if you can't see something, you're blind. I just can't see that. Hmm. It's time to ask the Lord, show me what I can't see. Right? Show me the hidden treasures. Show me what they are, Lord. So it's good to hear Erlinda's testimony. Because today's a day we can, we can change history. Right? You can love. You can go. Had to, I've had to do that with my own daughter, my oldest daughter. Where she hurt me, and she hurt me hard. It hit like a, you know, I might have just taken a knife, cut it out, cut my heart out. But then about a month, it took me about a month to lick my wounds. <laughs> but I just said, the Lord said, you go to her, and you tell her you're sorry. So I did. We have our, our relationship now is great, and we're growing. Because I humbled myself. I didn't have to be right. I loved. Okay. Alicia, you're next. These women that are up here are amazing women of God. They're warriors. They love, they sacrifice, they give beyond. You amaze me. <laughs> I absolutely love you. For your truth. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. <laughs> what do I remember? <laughs> when my mom is still alive, she's 95 years old. I just came out. I just went to visit her, and my mom, she's, she's an awesome lady. She's 95, and she still dances bachata. <laughs> and I have it on film to prove. <laughs> so I think I got sense of humor from my mom that uh, even though my dad, he passed away when I was very young, 
I really never, I don't even remember my dad because I was a baby when he passed away. But she was a strong woman. And no matter what happened, you know, she was father and mother to us. So, uh, and she loved the Lord. You know, she, she, you know, she went and was brought up in the Catholic faith. And um, that's how we grew up. But me, myself, I got saved when I was 42 years old. Praise God. <laughs> I had religion, but I did, didn't have that relationship. And uh, after I got saved, I got turned on to the Lord. And my mom came over here to visit. And I started, you know, just sharing. I just wanted her to get saved. So anyway, while she was here, for Mother's Day, they had a, at the church uh, where I was going, a Mother's, uh, Mother's Day luncheon. And I took her. I bought some tickets, and I took her. And there was this awesome preacher lady, and she did the invitation. And my mom asked, should I go up? Should I go up? I said, praise God. <laughs> so anyway, my mother got saved. <laughs> so anyway, she's, uh, you know, ever since that, she read the, and I mean, she's 95. She read the whole Bible. And she just, she just loves the Lord, you know, and, and I, uh, you know, that's what I want to instill in my kids. And the love of family, because, you know, when, when you love, we have family, no matter what you're going through, you know, the church family, your family, when you're together, you know, there's nothing impossible when you got, you know, God in, in, in the midst of everything, he works all things out. And we could go through whatever we go through. But when he's in the middle, everything will work out. So praise God. I love you guys. I'm not done yet. I want you to share about your spirit. She's not done yet. A year ago today, one of our good friends went to be with Jesus on Mother's Day, and her name was Nancy. I want to give honor to her. This part of the service is called in loving memory. Because it's through their memory, right, that's in our hearts. The love of God was shed abroad in our hearts. And Nancy was a soul winner. She just loved to share Jesus. And I just wanted to mention Nancy because I know we miss her. It's been a year on Mother's Day. And then you have a spiritual mother. She passed away last year. She passed away last year, too. But I, what is there? Is there something she has given you that changed you? Yes. Uh, she taught me about loving the Lord and being faithful. And Sorry. No, this is what I was <laughs> Just, yeah. You know, love him above all. And, you know, she was a prayer warrior, so she taught me how to, you know, to pray. And as a matter of fact, the first time we fasted, she says, the whole church is going to fast for three days. I said, we have to go without food? And she said, yes. I said, oh, my God, I'm going to die. <laughs> she said, no, he will give you strength. And he did. <laughs> I did it. Praise God. <laughs> three days without food. That was, <laughs> that was something new. <laughs> but she's with the Lord. I know she's, you know. One of these days I'm going to see her, so 
They're both, you know, yes. awesome women of God. So they uh, instill that in me. Yes. Isn't that awesome? That's what our spirit, see, that's that scripture. Children, obey your parents in the Lord so things go well with you. She could have just blown her spiritual mom off and said, you know, go on and did things the way she did. But she listened to what she instructed her to do. She fasted for three days. She didn't die. <laughs> it's just one thing because it's life experiences. See, that's what family does is experience life experiences together. And it helps get you grounded. You're rooting in deep. Amen. That's what she did. That's why she's the woman of faith she is today. And she is. Amen. I honor you. She's amazing. Amazing. Amazing woman of God. Julie, did you get my message? She did. Okay. Julie's um, the last one that I asked to share. Julie's mom went to be with the Lord. And this is called In Loving Memory. Honor our moms. There's another real woman of God. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. I love you. Happy Mother's Day to all the new mothers, the old mothers, the young mothers. We're all young, really, at heart. Uh, my mom went to be with the Lord three years ago. Um, what does she impart into my life? The first and foremost, I will say what I spoke about her uh, the day we celebrated her wake, and that was her faith in God, her commitment to God. Mom had a strong commitment to her Lord, and because of that strong commitment to God, she was a faithful wife, she was a faithful mother, and um, there wasn't a storm that didn't come her way. Now, I can remember some very bad situations in our lives when I was very, very young, but I can tell you that I never remember my mom letting one of those situations keep her from going to church to pray and to worship the Lord. What kept my mother from going to church was the deterioration of her body, and she fought that because she used to fight with me about taking her to church. And I used to say, Mom, God understands. We all used to tell her, Mom, God understands. And if you stay home, it's cold outside. It's too cold. He's not going you know, to get upset with you. But yet she felt like it's not at home where I should be. It's in the house of the Lord. And she imparted that since we were kids. And we rebelled against that because she used to force us to go to church. And I thank God a million and one times that she forced me to go to church. Because I learned, even though I think I wasn't learning, I remember those teachings and the preaching that the priest used to give on Sunday morning. And I sat in that pew, and I didn't want to be there, and I kept thinking about something else. But the Word of God never comes back void. Today, a lot of that that I heard back then came and ministered to me at the appropriate time. So thank God for my mother and my father that were strong in the Lord, and even if we hated them at times because they pushed us, they knew what was best for us. But why? Because they were strong in the Lord. So I thank God. And, you know, it has been that commitment that I have imparted into my children, and I tell them to impart into their own children. I remember my sister had moved to Florida, she passed away in Florida. Um, and this was back like in 94, 95. Mom, 95, mom started going over there. She would spend the summers over there with her. 
And she, one summer, planted an avocado seed. And I couldn't help but think of that when you were talking. My sister died in 1996. Her husband left the house. Her children left the house. Someone new bought that house. And yet before mom died, mom was able to eat an avocado from that tree that she planted so many years ago. And I didn't think about this until this morning when you were speaking that I said, wow, she bore fruit. She planted that avocado. It grew into a tree, never saw it grow, never saw the fruit. But yet there's strangers that don't even know who planted that tree that were able to take and eat from that fruit. You know what? You never know who comes across your path, whether you're old or whether they're young, whether they're a two-year-old. My grandson, that two-year-old, knew what it was to pray for my finger when, it wouldn't, when, when, when I was in the car, and he prayed for my finger. And he's so cute because he started, I said, pray for me because my finger wouldn't, it wouldn't bend. I've got what they call a trigger finger. And he, he puts his hand on there, he starts praying, and then he goes, dear Jesus, heal my, no, no. What comes next? <laughs> but he remembered the name Jesus. And I'm able to impart that into my grandkids because my mother imparted it into me. But I can't put aside my mother-in-law who also has gone to be with the Lord. What did my mother-in-law impart into me? My mother-in-law knew to give me what it was to have Jesus next to you as a friend. She knew what it was to teach me that Jesus is alive today. Mom did also, but it was, you know, he's up here. Where my mother-in-law says, yeah, he's up there, but he's also here right next to you, and he walks with you. He's in every room of your house. And I learned from her. And she also taught me how to cook the meals that my husband loved to eat. So I won my husband's heart through his stomach. So two women, two women of faith, two women that I miss dearly very, very much, but who live every single day, and a day doesn't go by that somehow, some way, something reminds me of them. I thank God for those women in my life, and I thank God for my spiritual mother over here, who's very strong in my life. Thank you. God bless you. Praise God. When we all stand. Father, I just thank you for your spirit of truth and grace. I thank you, Father, for your desire for us to bear fruit that remains for your glory. Father, I thank you that you want us to bear fruit in all seasons. And that's through the power of the Holy Ghost we can. Let us seize every day, seize every opportunity to win a soul for your glory, transform a life, teach, exhort, correct, build your church. Lord, I just thank you for such a blessing to be called your daughter. And I ask right now, Lord, that you would touch every mom, every grandma, every mom-to-be. Lord, I just thank you for supernatural strength 
in courage and boldness and wisdom. I thank you for an anointing of discernment to see things in ahead of time, foresight. I ask for your grace to rest upon them and saturate them. And I thank you for the spirit of truth and grace that leads and guides them into all truth. May you be glorified in and through them for your glory, Father. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Happy.